Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart healthy, plant based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, Try Vegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contract or commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code, capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being, and I have this myself. This saves me time and energy, and I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You ask the questions and I answer. So let us begin. Katrina's Kennel ask your thoughts on chiropractic care. Katrina, I know chiropractors and I think just like any professional, if the chiropractors practice and educate about the body and about what they're doing therapeutically, there can probably be great benefit. I think chiropractors who are just doing kind of mass manipulations and aren't giving a follow-up type exercise program, um, that would be not in line with what I believe would be not only safe, but sound. Because you're that person is basically going to manipulate you so you feel better for a while and then you'll have to come back. So what are chiropractics are um, a type of doctor that have knowledge about the, um, in, you know, their specific knowledge. They specialize in understanding the bony structures and, and more. But if you're out of alignment fundamentally in your skeletal system, there is, there are repercussions everywhere in how you feel how you can breathe, how you can think even like if your kind of neck is out of alignment, there is, it can really impair some of the the flow of energy into the brain, including the blood vessels and all of that. So there's, there's a lot of sound reason why you would want your skeleton and to be aligned. And people who have had 
some kind of big trauma or like a car accident or something that has really um, misaligned the skeletal structures. I the ones that I've talked to who love going to chiropractors really talk about how it has it helped them so much because some something happened to them and they needed literally readjusting to get back into position so that they were starting to feel better and not be in pain. And those really good chiropractors will help them do that over time, not with one big, you know, smack of an adjustment, but over time and then educate like when we get ourselves back in alignment, how can we give more support to the structure through the skeleton, through the activities of the surrounding muscles and stuff. So I think that it really, like all things, depends. It's really something that you should investigate and it don't look at it as a quick fix because I think if you're going for that reason, then then it won't probably serve you. If it's something that you have had, like a if you have some kind of long-term postural issue because of your history and maybe you had something like a car accident or it could have been just like you were doing you were positioned a certain way over and over again and you developed a lot of imbalances but the bones just kind of moving back into a more aligned position isn't enough to keep that alignment there has to be musculoskeletal and neuromuscular adaptations as well so look into somebody who's going to be doing it in a more gentle way, not not something that's going to be popping you around and that you're going to have to keep coming back to and no, and there's no follow-up. So just keep that in mind when you're looking. All right. Odd, um, Andre Ka asks, could you recommend a plant-based vegan cookbook that has simple and good recipes? Okay, well, I'll tell you my very first cookbook that I had was called How It All Vegan. And I, at the time, was a very new cook as well as a very new vegan. So I remember it being extremely accessible and just fun. There, since then, there have been just multitudes, multitudes of books, but I do know that's a really good one, How It All Began. Um, there's quite a few uh, by Brenda Davis, who is a, an extraordinary nutritionist, out of Canada, and she has a, a whole fleet of books, and they all are really easy to follow. You know, they're not very complex. So, Brenda Davis, I highly recommend. And then um, Colleen Patrick Goudreau has quite a few awesome ones as well. They get a little bit more complicated, a little more sophisticated, but, you know, sophisticated in that, you know, there's just Maybe some sauce, maybe there's three parts to a recipe, but there's a lot of them that are simple as well. So, and she's just a fabulous, fabulous human being. I love her. I think I should have her on here. Um, she also has a blog and, and, and all that. So check those, those three out. There's so many more. And in fact, there's another question um, that you ask, my thoughts on the Forks Over Knives cookbook. I think it's great. That is really geared toward people who are, veganism is new to them and bringing them some ideas for recipes that are going to f- feel like a good good transition f- from a diet that had that was more omnivorous you know like eating all things omnivorous um i'm kind of combining words there okay so uh Laura ABD asked me 
why are my shoulders so weak? It's really hard to do the inversions. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about like handstands, so, or even forearm balances. And I would say, why are your shoulders so weak? Well, it's hard for me to know that without looking at you, but you're not alone. Okay. Shoulders are weak for most people because we're not weight bearing on them. You know, once we get out of the developmental stages of our early childhood, where we're crawling or kind of commando moving or even doing some things on our hands a lot more, monkey bars, you know, grab, grabbing things and, and hanging. We do that in our inner childhood. But once we get out of that, we really don't use our the musculature of our shoulders in the same way by any means. It's like a huge, like if you, you go from crawling and maybe doing some hanging and stuff as a kid and dialing it down, it's like, it's almost like you go from 90 to 15 miles an hour. You just slow down everything. And so when you slow down the demand place on a muscle group for function, you you not only are making it weaker, but you're making the message to the muscle group slower. So it's there's lots going on to that. So just think about it that way. First of all, you're not putting big demand on it, so it's getting weaker and it's not being recruited um, in, a, in, a, in a way that makes it fire readily. And then secondly, we, all of us tend to not do so great with our posture. You know, we get, we start sitting in a chair at school from probably second grade on and you just, I'm saying before then, you know, there's a lot more playtime. And then once you start sitting, maybe in a second graders still have a lot of playtime. I'm hoping they do, but I'm thinking that in a lot of schools, you're, you're just starting to sit a lot more in those elementary school years. And once you're sitting a lot more, and you're less active, you're also probably not only getting weaker in the shoulder girdle, but you're getting weaker postural muscles down the spine as well, and then up into the neck. So there are lots of things working against the strength in your shoulders, but it's never too late to improve your shoulder strength. And what you have to realize that all that work we do um, in inversions, working on our hands, and I'm not talking about headstands. Those of you who take my classes, you know we work on our hands a lot. Handstand hops, dolphin and, and forearm balance and, and, and whatnot. We do all that because that is such a very, very effective way of developing shoulder strength. It still will happen progressively. It doesn't happen overnight. So stick with it, stick with it and believe that it will it will improve. And unlike say weightlifting where maybe you do chest and biceps one day and and back and triceps another day and legs and you know I'm just making up this I don't know exactly but that's I know that's how weightlifting is because you're kind of maximally loading a lot unlike that you can work on your hands every day you might have to slowly ramp up the amount of time you're doing it but you can start getting on your hands in some form every day doing your plank doing your um, handstand hops, doing forearm plank, side plank, down dog, down dog on the wall, all of those things. Quadruped is, of course, a good place to start, but you will get there. The shoulder girdle has a lot of musculature to it, and it has to first reestablish those connections that we've probably lost after not being on our hands for many, many years, possibly. 
So have faith, it'll happen. But there are a lot of things working against you. So you have to, and, and you know, sitting at a desk is going to be something you're going to have to contend with as well. So take your breaks, get down on the floor, get on all fours and do, and do um, work on the hands there. All right, another question. Trug and Moon, what are some of your daily habits, routines that you helped help you be productive? I think you've asked me this before. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, or maybe somebody else has. Well, daily habits that I do, of course, movement is just a non-negotiable. And if I move, I'm always more productive. And so I think that that's kind of a universal, let's just, just assume that's a universal truth. If we move purposefully, and as as much as we can, really, not just like one time a day, but as many times as we can, that's going to really help us be the most, most productive we can be. And in that, I think that we're more likely to keep moving. You know, it's like once you, once you start the movement going, you're going to be more likely to move. So I would say that to me is make that a non-negotiable and that helps me be really productive. There's other things I do, but they might be kind of unique to me. Um, I really do try and keep myself hydrated. I try and uh, get out in nature, get outside. I know some days, it's so funny to think like there could be days, several days maybe, that you're not really going outside purposely that much. So no matter what kind of weather, it's really good to try and get outside, you know, unless it's pouring rain or something. But just having that fresh air, it, it just reminds us of, of the cycles of the day. And that in a way helps us keep productive. I think a lot of times when we just stay in one place, stay on one task and we don't move literally, it's not necessarily that productive. So change your environment, move, and and re- that will make you very productive, I think, or more productive at least. All right. So Luminous Red Light asked me a fun question. If you were ruler of your own country, what would be the first law you would introduce? Wow. (laughs) What would be the first law I would introduce? I I just think, I don't even know how to answer that. That's a great question. I think that, um, well, you know, if it was me, of course, because it's you're asking me, I would say that I would work on having food available for everyone and everyone. So, you know, that, that no one should be starving in, in, a, in a country. And of course, I would try and make that also about shelter, but food is really important. And I would really try and make, uh, make ev- you know, everyone as much as possible have access to, to really good plant-based source food, because I think that that would be not only really resourceful for our planet, for our earth, but also kind. And I think having something that seems kind of rigid that but comes from a place of heart, I, I think that there could be a, a huge wave from that. And we're kind of seeing that now in this stage of this pandemic that we're in, as I'm recording that in real time. We're seeing how people are showing such compassion and doing small and generous um, gift giving or helping out a neighbor or sending money to somebody who doesn't have food. There is just so much that can happen if we do it from a place of heart. And I think so my first rule would be something that was really from the heart, but that truly benefited everyone. And it wasn't just like kind of a one-time handout. 
That's a great question, <laughs> but and and a hard one to answer. But I think everybody should think about that. What would you think? What would you think? Okay, so let me take one more question. So this one was in a question from Kaylin Clark, best ways to reset after moments of tension, frustration, lack of patience um, with your partner. So I think that the best ways to reset, because we all are, you know, living in closer proximity probably to someone, maybe not everybody, Uh, maybe you're by yourself right now, but if you are in a relationship or in in any kind of relationship. You might be living with your mom, dad, sister, brother, um, partner. You know, how this close proximity certainly can bring stuff up. And so what do we do when we have those moments of tension and how do we reestablish or reset? Like Kaylin was saying, I'm not sure I know the answer, but what I do believe is that we have to be willing to let things go. And just know that we're not going to always be our best selves. And we're probably going to not be our best selves in times of stress because often we're, you know, being human and feeling stress, we are most comfortable kind of letting out our inner demons to people we trust. And that tends to be our family. So I think that I think the, the thing I would say is reset by just kind of letting go letting go and, and and restarting. And it can just literally be like, today's a new day. Um, unless there's something that really needs to be teased out or discussed, sometimes it's almost better just to like, it's like shaking off a picnic blanket with a lot of crumbs on it. Just like shake off the blanket and put it back down and, and just sit down and restart. I, I think if we dwell, and, and this is hard for everyone, myself included, if we dwell in things that happen, we dwell in in slight in slights that have happened or big you know big hurts that have happened if we just stay and dwell in it we aren't progressing and that can be really tough if you're really committed to being right <laughs> if you're committed to whatever happened so i think some sometimes if you can both agree on just resetting and and understanding that things are going to be tense at times and give each other space and you don't have to have you don't really even have to, kind of, again, you don't have to over-explain, under-explain, or over-analyze. I remember reading just a couple days ago, and it was about, it was advice during this pandemics. Like if you had already been having um, trouble as a couple, it, the, the, the therapist basically said like, table it completely. This is not the time to try and work through that stuff. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So if you already came with a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened, um, this therapist, and you know, it's one therapist, but I thought that was a really actually not a bad idea. It's like, there's already so much going on in our nervous system, in our, in our hearts and in our minds and a lot of unclarity and possibly all the other stuff. So maybe it's not the best time to layer on a, a big task, a big job of working out large issues that deserve a, a, a cleaner platform upon which to you know do the examining. So I think, Kaylin, the thing is, I think for all of us, just reset, take deep breaths, forgive, 
you know, move along, (laughs) move along is probably my piece of advice. So I'll take it as well. As always, thank you for writing and thanks for listening and and keep doing that, please. Um, If you don't mind, I'd love it if you subscribed and rate and reviewed the podcast and share it with friends. And then always let me know what you would like to hear more about on my podcast on Wednesday, Monday, or Friday. But you can write me at lara at movementbylara.com and I will be happy to uh, respond or share your responses here. Thanks as always, and I'm pulling for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.